Welcome to Pick Up Your Sticks, where we talk about why gaming matters with your hosts, Walker Neer and Brett Lindley. I'm Walker, and this week we're chatting about VR music titles, Beat Saber, and Electronauts. If you'd like to support Pick Up Your Sticks, you can always buy us a cup of coffee at our Ko-Fi page, which is ko-fi slash pod. So, Brett, what's got you picking up your turntables this week? Oh, I don't know. You could have gone with actual sticks. Oh. Because the VR handles are sticks. And That's in true. the And in the DJ game, you don't actually even play turntables. You, like, have stick wands. <laughs> you let so me have my fun. You I know, let me have my I, fun. I, I was trying to, and then... <laughs> <laughs> You're just wrong. You're just wrong. <laughs> I, have actually I, I could have picked up the beats. Right. I could have picked up, you know... Right. Yeah. Well, you drop beats more than That's you pick true. them up. That's yeah. true. I guess you do. I get just dropping <laughs> the beats. <laughs> it, uh, beat Saber. They're giant sticks. <laughs> that's true. I know. Yeah, I thought about saying lightsabers, but then right. that's very confusing. So. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Anyway, so yeah. Um, <laughs> so what we want to talk about this week is is a couple of different titles. Uh, and I guess let's start with Beat Saber because that's more of a game that we can explain. And then right. we'll move into Electronauts, which is harder to explain. Um, but yeah, so both of these are VR games and, and yeah, it, it, for those that aren't familiar, what is Beat Saber? So Beat Saber is probably most easily explained as Guitar Hero with lightsabers in VR. Like VR <laughs> Guitar Hero with lightsabers is really probably the, the most succinct way right. of, of saying it. It is a rhythm. It's a VR game. Of course, both the games this week VR, um, it's a rhythm game. And you have a lightsaber, kind of, and a electrical sword, not copyright infringing item. Um, <laughs> right. You have a beam sword in each hand, or saber, that are color-coded. So there's, like, red and blue, or blue and green. You could change the colors via, like, mods and whatnot. But they each have their own color, and colored squares come at you based on the song that is playing, and you have to cut through them. And then, like, more advanced versions have, like, arrows on the blocks that are coming at you that'll be, like, cut down, which means you have to cut from above to below, or at an angle, or from the side, or from below. And then there's, like, bombs that if you hit them, then you lose. It's not really lives. It's kind of a screw-up bar that you get that, like, if you get a really high combo, the bar fills up. And if you make mistakes, miss notes, cut the wrong direction, or hit bombs, it depletes. And then there's, like, like walls for, like, they're, like, translucent electrical field walls that if you stand in them, that bar depletes very quickly. So if you stand in a wall for, like, a full second, you have to start the level over. So you've got to, like, duck underneath walls. You've got to cut through blocks to the beat. Uh, while like maybe making precise cuts because it could be a, a block in between two bombs. And so you've got to try to make precise cuts to various beats of the tracks that come with the game. Um, game comes with default, uh, probably a dozen or so custom tracks that were made for the game. Mm. And all of the levels are custom tailored to match those tracks it's not auto generated or anything very much so like a guitar hero you play the same level you'll get the same notes in the same places mm, right 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 yeah i um 
I saw it at your house whenever I, I was over to play VR that time. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's super cool. And it, it, you know, to watch it on a screen, you get it if you watch it on like a monitor or something, but to put on the headset and actually be in the world of Beat Saber, if you will, you're basically in this giant like tunnel. And I don't know, again, when you look at it on a monitor, the scale of it isn't nearly as striking as it is when you're actually in the headset. That's literally every every time somebody, especially if there's multiple people that come over to to learn VR, we've done a couple of sm- very small COVID friendly groups where like one or two people come over, like a husband and wife or something, and show them one person, only one person cored the headset at the time, but I have what they're seeing up on the monitor. And not only does it not show everything that that person is seeing, because you have like peripheral vision that you don't get on the monitor. And in all directions. So like above and below is kind of cut out and the left and the right is kind of cut out to fit on the screen. But you you just don't every time somebody puts the headset on after watching the other person play, they're like, this is nothing like what it is, but it's also not. It is completely not like what you're seeing on the screen because I had watched tons of Beat Saber and yeah, when you put that headset on, it's still just like kind of mind-boggling like i was giddy to the point of like laughter tears after playing a track i was like this is the most incredible thing right yeah yeah no it's definitely cool and um it's it's kind of this isn't a music game at all but it, it was kind of reminiscent i mean i've seen minecraft on a monitor for 12 years or however long that game's been around now and it looks one way but when you play minecraft in vr it's like oh Right, I'm two blocks high, which means that one block of dirt is half my body Yeah, size. it's huge. It's massive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's that, I mean, obviously different games, but it's that same sense of scale where when you go into the headset to play Beat Saber, it's just... Yeah, the tunnel is, is like 150 feet long. Right. Like, gives you the impression of that. Like, it's like looking from one end of a city block to the next. Like yes. And things are coming at you way faster than they look like they are on the screen. Yeah. Because when you're, it's not really coming at you as much. You just don't have that feeling. So you're, and your ability to react to things is, you want to talk about like, I, I don't know. I get the sense of when people say that a, a game has really tight controls, it tight controls in VR is a totally different experience. Mm. Like, a tight control in VR means that there's no stuttering or or changes when you rotate the controller or lift it up and down or twirl it around. It's just literally doing it. It's glued to your hand. It is your hand. Mm-hmm. It's like having sword arms. It's, it's a wild kind of experience. Your brain just instantly is like, yeah, this is reality now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm. I have lightsabers. Cool. And. I don't know, they're finely detailed. Like, for not having a lot of elements in the game, it's graphically very intense. It's a very good level of finesse on mm-hmm. it looks like it looks like you're playing in the Tron realm, only yeah. like the high def good vis- Disney version, not the old, <laughs> I guess still Disney version, but the newer one. <laughs> right, right. The newer one. The newer one. Um Yeah, it's it's definitely cool. I was trying to describe it to some people the other day. Which is actually kind of what prompted me to, to want to talk about it on the show because I just thought it was more prevalent than I than I guess it probably is. Right, but if you yeah. don't know someone with a headset, 
again, you might have come across it, but you just wouldn't know. And when Guitar Hero was in its prime, that controller was a lot easier to get a hold of than a VR system. <laughs> Yes. So everybody is pretty, at least not everybody, most people are familiar with the Guitar Hero phase of gaming, mm-hmm. um, but less, less so, be, which is surprising because Beat Saber is one of the more prominent VR titles, but even those people that are aware of, like, if you have a VR headset, you probably know what Beat Saber is, but outside of that, yeah, you you may not have had that kind of experience to see or, or understand that game. Right, right. Well, and so when I was describing it to these people, and I use the Guitar Hero reference as well, but uh, one of the people was like, oh, so it's also kind of like DDR, except instead of your feet, because of the directional inputs. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So they're like, so it's kind of like DDR, except with your hands. And I was like, kind of, actually. Kind of, yeah, that's not a terrible comparison, really. Because DDR is still a rhythm game, too. Mm -hmm. And and forces you to do a certain series of dance steps. Yeah, well, and it's a lot more, Beat Saber's a lot more physically involved, whereas Guitar Hero, because it's the guitar controller is where all the inputs happen, I mean, you could be perfectly stationary and probably Or use your feet. Yeah, right. (laughs) Uh, Or use it to beat Dark Souls, which I'll never understand. (laughs) With your feet. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. And so the other thing that I thought was cool about Beat Saber was, is that like, like you described, I mean, you're obviously swinging your arms to cut the blocks and and then there's, there's some ducking and turning and stuff to avoid these walls that come at you. But then beyond that, like, because you are just listening to music and it was really obvious to me when I watched you play because you're in the headset, but instead of just watching the screen, I also just like to see what the person in the headset looks right. like while they're in the headset because that's kind of interesting. It's amusing. And you legitimately are just dancing to whatever song it is while you're playing. Right. So I don't know. It was just like a. it was just cool that it was something that you could be that kind of immersed in. Right. Um, and, and I honestly... I think that it probably helps skill. I don't know. That's not the right word. It probably helps you perform better at the game because you're really, your whole self is within, is now in tune with the rhythm of that song as opposed to just trying to do the guitar hero inputs or just trying to, you know, swing your hands in the right way. Does that make sense? No. Yeah. I I mean, I was, I guess I'm lucky that I, I was, I, they say you're quote unquote born with rhythm or you're not. But I mean, I, I learned to dance at a pretty early age and then had marching fr- or marching band. Yeah, marching band friends. I was trying to fit those words together right. And they it taught me two things, which is one, how to like lockstep with somebody by like take if you're out of step by a full step, you take like a half step and get back in. So me and my buddy would always be like cool walking through the mall, always like lockstep, you know. <laughs> um, but also really that taught me keeping rhythm with my legs. Mm. So in in any time that there's like a beat, I will be tapping my foot or keeping rhythm, you know, somewhere in my legs while doing other motions. Right. And so like when I'm yeah, and I'm, when I'm in Beat Saber, yeah, I'm moving my arms around. But to keep the beat to make sure that my arms return where they need to be, mm-hmm. I'm moving my legs either through tapping or swaying or something to make sure that I'm locked that I have the core like one, two, three, four of the song locked somewhere else in my body while my arms are doing guitar beats or triple beats or whatever elsewhere. Right. So you said that it comes with like maybe 12 custom tracks. 
But there's a way to get more treks to the game. Is that yeah, right? There's a few ways. Yeah. So the first way is the game is, has several OSTs. Um, I, I'm not a hundred percent certain. I may be wrong. The game may now come with like 30 some on tracks. I don't remember if I had to pay for the other OSTs that come with it, the other original soundtracks. Um, and then beyond that, there are levels that you can purchase level packs of or buy individual tracks, uh, similar to kind of an iTunes thing. It's like a dollar 99 per track or maybe a dollar per track or blocks of tracks for like eight bucks. And then they have those tracks from, so there's the Green Day pack, which is not every Green Day song ever, but a pack of songs that have levels built in. Uh, I think there's a, um, a Monster Cat release pack. There's a BTS pack. Um, so there's there's several different, and there's probably half a dozen packs of these are one way to get them. And the other way is through the modding community. So kind of surprisingly, Beat Saber is... I don't know that they're really necessarily supportive of mods because they break more often than Kerbal mods do. <laughs> um, but... They don't, they're not against, they're not trying to outcode the modding community and like mm. shut them down. Because um, there is a questionable copyright infringement thing for downloading a song that is not sanctioned by the person that made the song. Right. Um, but it's much more than just the track. Because any track that you download to be a Beat Saber track has to then have the blocks put in by somebody externally they have an editor for it but it's supposed to be used for like saying you know your own works only or whatever mm. or to mod internal game files so you can use their tracks but put different blocks in but of course the modding community is just taken to making popular if it's a popular song it's probably got somebody out there that has made a beat saber track for it now mm. whether you can beat that track or not uh they don't have the tracks that come with the game have easy through expert plus plus and some modded tracks just have one of those difficulty modes or mm. sometimes they're just named like <laughs> heroes arise and you have to guess what that means. Wow. <laughs> it usually so it's, means hard. <laughs> it's what's the term for the, the like people that play the super crazy uh, Mario maker levels. Oh, like Kaizo. Yeah, yeah. It, there are some there are some straight up Kaizo. There are levels that I have not seen past 10 seconds of. There are some levels I've not seen past one second of. Like, You're supposed to flail your arms around or something. It really is. My, uh, so uh, my wife's nephew came by and, and the two nieces and nephew just here pretty recently. And uh, they all got, you know, a 15 to 20 minute turns in VR. Um I wish I was a fly on the wall for that hour. <laughs> oh, man. It, one, dealing with, I mean, because their age is like, so maybe a le like 6 to 11-ish mm -hmm. is kind of the age range. Um, so there's varying degrees of skill and audacity for demanding time in VR and <laughs> obeying and disobeying the rules of don't touch somebody while they're in VR. <laughs> <laughs> That costs more than your life is worth. Well, and don't trip your brother because they can't see. <laughs> oh, man. Your dad's stimulus check's coming to us this week. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's where we've come to. <laughs> anyway, but, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I'm sorry. Yeah, I just... yeah, yeah. 
But he had the keen idea because we're starting the kids off on... It's it's also, which I think we'll jump back to, it's a great beginner game for VR for many reasons. And so we're starting them off on Beat Saber because it's easy to understand. There's not a lot of movement or anything. Well, we also start them off on No Arrows because... It's a whole new experience for them, and it just makes... We're not running them through the tutorial missions or anything. We'll just pick an easy track, no arrows, so that they can hit the block in any direction and let them flail around for a bit. Well, the youngest actually just started waving the controllers back and forth and just waggling his hands. He's like, it's working! It's working! I'm getting it! I'm winning! <laughs> and like... The other, the two girls are like, that's not fair. That's not how you're supposed to play. I'm like, honestly, he's got it. He could probably beat some harder tracks than you guys were on just using this technique. Because unlike, I think in Guitar Hero, like if you make an incorrect input, it knocks you somehow. For right, that. right. But in this, like there's not a penalty for an extra swing or something. Yeah, there's not, you can't really penalize somebody for not hitting like, if you're moving around and not hitting a block, it's fine. Right. Now, if you miss a block, then you Yeah, score. if you miss or if you cut through with the wrong color or in the wrong direction, then that's all mm. failure. But on no arrows, there's no direction to cut. Right. So flailing around wildly, it gets you a pretty high success rate in the earlier tracks. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm probably skipping around here, but whatever. There, there was some Twitch streamer that you showed me a video of where she has she was playing Beat Saber and the the camera angle for lack of a better term for the viewer was was like you could see her avatar in the Beat Saber tunnel mm -hmm. and can you describe that again yeah, so there's I don't two remember. Beat Saber <laughs> has some really interesting support for VR casting basically so you can cast uh, in-person mode, like first-person mode, and have people see what you would see on the screen if you were just standing next to it. But it also has support for green screen rooms. So if you green screen your entire room, uh, or there's like basically box kits that you can buy that's just like a 6 by 6 cube that you do it in, or 8 by 8 or 10 by 10 depending on how much room you have, and an external camera then you can get like over the shoulder views where it's behind the person and there's different setups you can do for it so that people can see the VR space in more of an isometric view, I guess mm -hmm. kind of for lack of better terms, and the cubes coming from at an angle to the player. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, they have support for additional VR items that are not as well supported in a lot of places like full body tracking. Mm. So full body tracking includes the headset the two handsets, the infrared display, which tracks kind of your whole body, and then you can isolate those full body motions even further with like a three-piece kit that is like a belt and items that go on top of your shoes mm. that pick up those. So it picks up full body avatars. That So you can get like a 3D avatar, which is actually becoming pretty popular with like VTubers. Um and then have that full body avatar be fully rendered into the Beat Saber space with all of the Beat Saber gameplay elements. It is mind-bogglingly awesome, and there's several people that do them and do them pretty well. They're really cool to watch because you get a little bit better feel. It still does not give the same, it, like a little bit better of idea, an idea of what's going on, but putting on the headset just is a different experience entirely. Yeah, agreed. And I and I think it's, you know, I, I think that what you said earlier is because it's not unique to Beat Saber. It's when you put on the VR headset and you look around and it's like, 
I mean, the scale and the scope of it's all shocking. But like you said, it it's the fact that your brain is just like, we're here now. And it, and it, there's no adjustment. There's no confusion. There's not, yeah, there's nothing. It's just, You're just like, like, you would think that if I got, if I walked through a portal into a new reality, that my brain might have trouble dealing with that. Turns out, Nope, we're fully equipped to walk through portals and like, yeah, you're going to be aghast at what you see, whether it be a nightmarish hellscape or a beautiful, serene place, but your your brain will not have difficulty adjusting to suddenly being there outside of having to deal with a new situation now. Right. But you're right. The view does, it, it, it at least provides a sense of that scale a little more because now you can see how big the avatar is in right that space so it's a yeah those easier. blocks are, are big like yeah. they're big blocks that you cut through they're not like like legos or something being tossed at your face like they're yeah. big old like one foot wide cubes right right yeah i i didn't i didn't really understand what it was really until until seeing it at your place that time i i understood that it had something to do with like cutting things and so i was like is it some fruit ninja type <laughs> game yeah, and, right i mean technically i guess kind it borrows a little, a little bit, bit of that yeah. gameplay with the cutting but um, but anyway, well, I, I'm really also excited to talk about Electronauts, but is there anything else on Beat Saber you wanted to touch on? I don't mean to skip to a hit. No, us. yeah, a couple of things briefly, and we may circle back around as things pop up as we get into just general VR discussion. But one is that if you intend on getting a VR headset, want a headset, want to try VR at somebody else's place or whatever, like Beat Saber is a go-to. You don't have to teleport anywhere. There's no mm-hmm. movement technology that you have to learn or deal with moving items that can cause dizziness. As long as you can lock your feet in one place. If you have a big room, then sure, jumping left to right to avoid walls is fine. I have a fairly small VR space, mostly because of the computer desk that I hope to eventually kind of move. But it's enough to be able to lean left and right and squat and and move up and down and don't underestimate like that is kind of the other thing it is a much more cardio experience just because you think you've kind of if you've played a wii or a wii u or even some games on like the switch that oh having some wrist motions isn't really i can just kind of flick it it's fine to really get like into beat saber and to really attain a high score or even sometimes to stay in a level just tapping the top of the block does even though it says yes you cut through it you can get minimum score for that and there are kind of score thresholds for that power bar that builds up that keeps you alive that if you don't meet the minimum threshold enough you can lose the track even if you hit every block because it calculates how far your blade is before the block all the way through to like 60, 30 to 60 degrees post cutting through the block and how close to the middle and how straight your cut is. Mm. So just tapping, even if it's a cut down through this block and you barely top the tap of it, it'll say, yeah, you cut through it successfully. So you're not penalized, but you've got minimum score for that, which may not keep you alive if you do that too much. So you've really got to cut all the way through the block. You got to swing your arm all the way through in an arc, which is how it's kind of calculating your score. So you're going to get cardio. If nothing else, some tracks are going to make you do 15 squats. And <laughs> and that can be more than some people are used to. Yeah, well, that's why that's why I really appreciated the DDR comparison, because I think DDR is also a game that is, to some extent, pretty heavily cardio involved, right? Because you're in that, you have to use your feet. Right. Um, 
and even in this, you're not using your feet and you don't have to do that. To your point, there is still a lot of physical movement, uh, again, as opposed to the other rhythm games that don't really have that element built into right. them. It's also just a really fun way to introduce people to VR. Like I said, it's we use it as our primary introduction if we don't have the lab, which apparently still does not like my video card drivers for some reason. Um, but yeah, it's a great intro game. It's good for kids. Anybody, there's no jump scares. It's everything's very obvious. And it gets you just comfortable with a lot of VR staples like using your hand as a laser pointer and using the trigger to click on menu items, but without having to introduce all of the buttons on the VR controller and the joysticks. It's just the one trigger. You don't have to use the touch-sensitive grabbing things. You don't have to click the triggers when you cut through the blocks. Mm -hmm. Once you're in the game, you just move, and you're good. And everybody knows how to move. Not everybody has rhythm, so it can be harder for some than others, but (laughs) it'll try to teach you nevertheless. So Right, right. But yeah, I uh, I highly, highly recommend it. I think it is also one of the earliest, for me, why it matters is kind of a, or it's a, one of the earliest games that really launched with VR and kind of made it in VR. Like a lot of very early VR Twitch streams, many of them were Beat Saber. Mm. And it, it's I think it's important because it gets everything right that you should have in a VR game. It's made for VR. It's not a port. It doesn't have a port. You can't really port it at all. It's made for VR and does that right. Can you imagine how terribly boring it would be to play that game with like a mouse? Just, just <laughs> you, you would need like two mice, which I have actually advocated for since I was a kid. Like you should have ambidextrous. You, you would just teach everybody to be ambidextrous if you could use two mice. Like <laughs> No keyboards, just mice. That's right. Two 12-button mice. So the other title that we've mentioned a bit that I I wanted to get to as well is Electronauts. And it's not the reason I say title is because it's not really a game. Um, Application, I guess, is probably the best word. VR toy. VR experience. Yeah, Yeah. it is. It's more than a toy. Like calling it a toy sounds weird, but yeah, it's also not just an experience because it's not just a movie. Like it's a that's fair VR interactive music application. Right. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it was really it was really cool. So you you had messed around with it and kind of explained it to me. And then you actually just streamed it to me, basically. Um, But anyway, before I muddy it all up. Explain what Electronauts is as best you can, I mean, and then yeah, I'll try it's and kinda, fill in. <laughs> it, it really is a step towards interactive virtual DJing. I think that it, it so basically it, it allows you to play with the individual elements of built-in tracks. There's like 130 tracks, uh, so there's quite a few of them. And they're all across the spectrum. There's Childish Gambino, there's DJ Shadow, there's the Chainsmokers. There's a lot of well-renowned artists in there of a lot of different genres. And what they provide is a really interesting kind of playground to load up one of these tracks, and it splits the track into all of its various elements. So you have three kind of module stations in front of you. And each station, you can load up one of various different, maybe sometimes up to maybe 10 kind of cubes into that station. And each cube provides a different element of the song that you can play around with. So one of those elements may be the core background track. So you have introduction, 
which is kind of the lead into the song, and it'll just play on repeat. It may be kind of two stanzas long or whatever, and it'll just play on a loop. And you can then select like groove, breakdown, chorus, uh, you know, build up, uh, you know, maybe hard style or whatever. And it'll be different elements of that song that'll then play on like two to four kind of stands a loop uh, throughout that track. And then each of those, there's kind of some buttons on the screen that you can click on for percussion, keyboard, bass, drums, guitar, and you can mute or activate those sections of the track at any time, but otherwise it'll just loop that part of the track. Likewise, there's various different cubes for different types of things. You One may load uh, a harp-type instrument that you can strum left and right that'll play an instrument that's in that song. Others may load up this kind of uh, five or six orbs, or I think it's six or seven orbs, that you can kind of drum on that may be drums, but may also be synth pads or guitar riffs or vocals that are even kind of chopped up that you can kind of play around with and drum on. And then you also have, if the song has it, vocals. And it'll have verse 1, verse 2, verse 3, verse 4, and there'll be 16 pieces. That verse will be broken up into 16 pieces that'll play each for, you know, four beats each and play through entire choruses of the song that you can activate, deactivate, or swap around. If you want to just repeat one vocal or one sentence of a vocal multiple times, you can. And everything that you click on, it keys up. So it doesn't always start instantly, which means that it's actually kind of difficult to make the track sound bad. Because if you want to click the vocals and change to verse 2, it'll wait and pair up until the end of that stanza, and then flip over, which means that if you're quick and have your cubes, your three cubes in the right three places, you can switch from intro to queuing up the breakdown and queue up the chorus and queue up your instrument, you know, beat that you may have recorded. And they'll all wait and then switch over and start playing at the, the end of that bar. Yeah, I don't know where the like how long this capacity in gaming has been around um, or what how many titles include it but the two places I've seen what you just described inside of, of video games that I've played would be uh, Project Gorgon mm-hmm. there's a lot of music in that and like you can like you can Project Gorgon is an MMO. Hey, I found hey, a way to tie MMOs. I, was, I, was, I wasn't saying it. I wasn't going to say it. I didn't even, didn't even click it. for a second. I, I yes. saw. <laughs> How exciting. Anyway, so yeah, Project Gorgon is a wonderful MMO that everyone should check out. No, <laughs> it, uh, it actually is really good. But anyway, so in in it, though, like you can plant stuff and, and you know, grow vegetables or plants or whatever for crafting. But you can actually play music to your plants to help them <laughs> grow better, which is <laughs> that's awesome. Super, yeah, that's a great cool. mechanic, right? Well, and it, it kind of what it does is it it because you can't just plant anywhere, so you have to plant in these like certain areas, which then drives multiple players to ah. that area. So then, instead of everyone playing the same instrument, people can play different instruments, and you can there's like maybe you can press like one through five. So there's like five different loops you can play with said instrument, but they all line up together. And I don't know how the game does it, you know, in an online space like that, right. but the music just syncs up together every time. Like it's, it's super cool. Cause you'll get a group of four or five people all with different instruments 
and you're all playing the same track. But it's exactly what you just described, where it's like somehow it, it's got some intelligence to the timing of it so that you can't be out of sync by half a stanza half a or, whatever. Beat or whatever. Yeah. Right. And Sea of Thieves is the other game that does that same yep. thing. Um, it's a little bit stricter because they all play the same song. Right. So once one person is playing a song, if somebody else jumps in, it's just that instrument for that song. Right. But so it's kind of muting or unmuting different levels of that track, which That's is fair. probably a little easier to pull off. Um, but yeah, it does it as well, which is really cool. And it just encourages that kind of cooperative music playing, which I love. Yeah. Well, because it, otherwise it would be intimidating to be like, well, we're never going to make this sound. Yeah, we're never. Nope. You're half a beat off. Can you please just mute? Just, just, just tap it real quick. And now you're half a beat too fast. Oh, right. God. Um, but yeah. And so that that was something I was going to ask you about. Um, obviously described quite a bit about Electronauts, but one of the things that stood out to me when I watched you kind of stream it to me um, was the little orbs that you talked about that you can kind of drum on. Mm -hmm. Now, and I, I don't mean this as a shot at you in the slightest, but either you are innately a way better drummer than I would have <laughs> guessed because that's a really difficult skill. Yeah. Or it has, again, some intelligence to it to where and again, not that you're like completely rhythmless no, no. or something, but like it never, you never hit a thing where I was like, oh, that was kind of the flat note or something. Like mm -hmm. it always was perfectly in. And I was like, that's great. Like, that's so there's, cool. there's actually two bits to it. One is kind of obvious at first and the other is a little less obvious. But before I get to that, I'm actually going to jump back and say there's one other place that I know of interesting music. Mm. I think it's a little bit easier to screw up or at least make sound bad. Um, but still carries a good beat to it. Uh, actually, two. One, I've got to give a shout out just to Parappa the Rappa. Oh, I yeah. don't know why, but kind of in in the vein of Guitar Hero and Beat Saber, Parappa the Rappa is a really undersung hero of that kind of music matching genre. I think it just. I think. The, I think literally the only thing is that it came out before the modern internet. Yeah. Like. If Parappa the Rappa, if, if YouTube and social media would have been around in their current form in 2000 or whatever, right, game it came would out, have been an Among Us or a Twitch meme or yeah, something. Yeah, it would have blown like, up, at least for a bit. Yeah. I say that having never played it, but being familiar with it from back in the day. Right. And there was like a Donkey Kong game, too, that did right, that. Right, with the drums. Yeah. The jungle Beat, I think. Yeah. But yeah, shout outs to the games that were. that were earlier than their prime or came out before their time. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I think Parappa the Rapper would have exploded in. in it's nowadays. just really, really heavily stylized. Like, mm -hmm. again, I've never even played it. And I still can imagine what the, the little dude with, with the, the stocking. Dude. Mm -hmm. Yes. Like, like I can see the dude. <laughs> I didn't right. have a PlayStation. It reminds PlayStation. me of, of almost and again, totally different genre, but almost that like lethal league blaze. Yeah. A little jet set radio in art. It. Yeah. yeah. Um, the other game, which as really a tiny shout out, an honorable mention we'll give to another MMO, actually. Yeah. Warframe. Oh, yeah. Octavia is the beat matched Warframe that has, you can build songs and tracks in, and her abilities all work off different sections of like the bass beat or the drums. Or huh. if you have all of her abilities active at once, it plays like the full song. I'm so. totally derailing you here for a second, but I, I just have to say. I really, really, really want to fall in love with Warframe. Mm. 
Like, and I've tried three or four times because there's so, like, that's so cool. We've, have we done a Warframe episode? No, because we haven't played it in three years each. Right. I mean, I have, <laughs> I have well over 200 hours in yeah, Warframe, I, but I don't have the thousands of hours. So every time I get into it, it just, it's a whole new game for one, because I only get it once every three years or so, which I think maybe, I may be coming up on my three yeah. years. We may have to jump in and play we should, some Warframe. We, we should try it again or something, because it's... It's it's everything about it is so cool. Honestly, <laughs> the thing that I, that always burns me out is that the combat after a while just feels very samey and yeah. not. It just feels like I'm just kind of smashing stuff and not really doing trying. Yeah, you know, like no, things I, either I, feel I too easy or too grindy. Right. Anyway, there's anyway, not I don't mean to go on. A yeah, we can't. Either. We can't. We got to save that for the Warframe episode coming soon. TM. Um. <laughs> No, back to the orbs. So, the orbs have two hidden mechanics in them. One is they're pretty much entirely chromatically scaled for whatever instrument they are. So, if it's whether it's a synthy beep or boop or a, a guitar strum, they're all all of the notes are aligned in such a way that any combination, kind of like a really well tuned wind chime, like cheap wind chimes, you don't get this with. But if you go and get like a nice expensive wind chime or at least know somebody that is able to tune them uh they'll be tuned to a scale so that no matter how what order the notes are hit in it'll always sound like an awesome song um so the notes that you get there's that like there are seven of them um every time with at least with the orbs the harp it may still be seven with the harp but there's seven of them so no matter what order you hit them in they're all it's always going to sound good the other thing is, I I want to call it like a forgiveness mechanic, kind of, because that's the closest thing I can think of. It forces a certain amount of delay between note hits. Mm. So you can't double tap something to like 64ths. Like, brrr, you can't hit it that fast. It won't, it won't, just won't let you. So with that, the really cool thing about it, because I, I discovered this some... Um, the more like as I was trying to I played the game for maybe a week or or two before I showed it to you and had learned in playing trying to find ways to pick up the pace of switching through these various cubes because you only have three stations up at a time. So if you want to switch rapidly, you've got to pull one cube off and put a new one on and do all of this within the few seconds you have before your backtrack changes to the groove or the breakdown or whatever. And in doing this, I would just kind of know I'm going to keep my orbs all the way on my, because you've got a center station and then one on each side at kind of like a 45 degree angle. So on my right hand station, I'll have orbs. On my left hand station, I'll have my, my track selector to switch from backbeat to groove. So on the left, I'm going to click groove and I'm going to flail my right hand. <laughs> <laughs> And surprisingly, it, like a wind chime, will always sound good as long as I flail in this area a little bit until I can focus my attention back on it to get back on. I'm going to hit top to right, top right, bottom left, bottom left, and do a little beat. But in the in-between, I could just kind of flail around and it'll sound good. So, so you basically have also just co-opted your nephew's tactic for yes. Beat Saber. Okay. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> Sometimes, well, hey, you know what? Sometimes button mashing works in a in a fighting game. It happens. That's, you know? that's how I play them. So, I mean, I don't... I mean, we played Mortal Kombat and Injustice, or Injustice, I guess it was. Right. And, 
I don't know. The, I'm not looking at those You combos. raffle stomped me with button mashing. <laughs> <laughs> and I had played the whole campaign. <laughs> so I should have known some of the hero's moves. <laughs> yeah, those games are silly, but... Um, <laughs> But anyway, yeah, it was a, it was it was definitely really cool to see, and I was glad that you, I was glad you showed it to me, and and, and I almost feel bad for the listener because it's literally not possible to 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 do it justice explaining it, like because you had explained it to me ahead of time, and I, and so I kind of got just like the listener will now of an idea of what it is, but when you actually just see it in action, it's like it's just a really neat thing, and it would be it would be a fun thing to like host a party or something and Mm -hmm. now you'd need a sound system and like a big tv for people to see because there's a visualizer element yeah there's yeah we haven't talked about the visualizer and i i agree on the party element yeah Um, the visualizer is it's multi-tiered so again kind of like beat saber there's multiple modes you can set the visualizer to see what the player is seeing which does include like similar to beat saber you're kind of in a moving tunnel and every song has its own tunnel, for lack of a better term. And mm-hmm. different things that you do affect what shows up in that tunnel. Um, so if you're playing on the the kind of wind chime bongo notes, it'll maybe fire out blasts of color for each note that travel down the tunnel. Mm-hmm. Um, other items may switch the kind of the color, or if it may be if it's like a... 80s synth wave there may be neon palm trees and it, the tunnel looks like a highway and different things that you select may cause houses to show up or different types of trees just kind of to the beat others maybe have kind of 90s or 80s or 90s style 3d hands making different motions that change or just triangles kind of all of its kind of uh synthy kind of retro wavy and a little bit of that like I'm trying to remember kind of the name. I don't want to say Lawnmower Man or The Cube, but Mm. that 90s era computer animation type stuff is leaned on heavily as far as the visuals. Nothing's really macabre, but none of it is too over, I guess, done either. Like, it's it's a very mundane sort of visualizer going on. Nothing is, is, we're not talking like milk drop, uh, like, fractal visuals or anything. right right yeah yeah although that would be cool too it would be like... amazing i would be 100 for it but the other mode is the dj has one of their cubes is the visualizer cube and you can control the colors the camera uh you can cycle through different cameras you've got a selfie cam that you can even use and you have a dj avatar that has arms and legs and, and like a kind of a daft punk helmet sort of thing going on and you're allowed to control those elements and pick whether the people are seeing on the screen the visualizer only or your first person view or some kind of really zoomed out camera that makes you small or a panning camera that zooms around and shows different elements. It's really interesting kind of the the level of control that you have over what you can show on the visualizer, which means that I 100% think that... DJs nowadays and having a a minor amount of experience in that realm bring three to five thousand dollars worth of equipment to a house party or a show or whatever and I think that if they have a TV and a sound system or if you provide the sound system and the computer you could just as easily be a literal virtual DJ for a party with Electronauts 
Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to describe, I mean, it's not, it's not as open as is what I'm about to say, to be clear, it's certainly more restricted than that. Um, but I, I, when I was trying to describe it to someone, I was like, it's, I mean, like, it's kind of like if Fruity Loops was like a VR title, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause again, it's not a game. There's no score that you're trying yeah, to retain. Yeah, there's no score. There's no level complete. The levels are done when you say they're done. Right. Um, and there's even that there's just internal transitions. So if you switch songs, it'll carry your beat over to the end and do a crossfade into your next track. Right now, are you able to? It, it's a little bit more restricted than Beat Saber in your ability to add new tracks to yeah. it. Is that right? So unfortunately, there's they are on the opposite side of Beat Saber, who is kind of like if you break copyright, that's on you. And Electronauts has said very openly, we're kind of against opening this up to the modding community because we believe they would instantly break co- like copyright laws, and that could be on us. Right. So we're not doing it, but. As opposed to Beat Saber, which has maybe 30 or 40 songs if you get all of the OSTs, maybe 50 or 60 if you buy all the rest of the content too. I could be a little bit on the underside of that, but still default Electronauts comes with like 130 tracks from, and you can search through them and discover, it has like a discover mode, it has a sort by artist, sort by style, sort by title, so you can really get through, they've got... Everything from rock to dubstep to down tempo, synth wave, drum and bass, jungle, and they're all pretty well defined within them. So, can you do dubstep songs that don't have the annoying dubstep parts? Yes, you can. Oh, that's there's wonderful. so there's other <laughs> which is one of the first things that I was like, I wonder if I could make a dubstep song sound not like crap. Um, <laughs> We're both huge preference. electronic music fans, yeah, we by are. the way. Yeah. So that's not a shot at all electronic music. Just dubstep Just specifically. Dubstep. <laughs> and specifically the definition of dubstep that's late 2010s because it meant different things before that. But anyway, yes. without getting a, a music history lesson, <laughs> um, not all D- it, dubstep also and EDM now are both very specific types of music that just replaced the term techno when techno was no longer a popular (laughs) term. It's the same way that, like, you hate it when your parents say that an Xbox game is you playing the Nintendo. Right. Like, that's what techno was to all electronic music, and then that word was just replaced with other words that are all very specific subgenres. But anyway, anyway, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Off of that one. Um, yeah, so there's, of these cubes, like I said, there can be, there's probably 10 or 12 total cubes, and any given song utilizes between six and eight of them. Um, some of them are in every song, like the visualizer, uh, camera controls, and the backtrack controls, or there's kind of a remix cube. Um, but then other songs give you various different ones, and even within them, some of them will operate differently. So one of them is like the looper cube, and it will set up just a looped beat of whatever that song has given. Sometimes it's chunks of vocals or harmonies to choruses. Other times it's guitar riffs or drum solos, and you can raise and lower the level of how intense that looper is in the song. Some tracks allow you to raise or lower multiple loopers at once. Others only have one active at a time, and there's like five or six of these. They're like jelly liquid filled cylinders that you set the level of right Mm -hmm. all everything everything that i'm describing just 
slather synth wave and neon colors over it <laughs> and make it look like a mad scientist got hold of a DJ stand. Right. It really is like it's you're not just playing notes on a drum pad. They're floating orbs that flash colors when you hit them. They're awesome. Well, I was just going to real quickly. I was just going to say the, the looping functionality, though, is kind of similar to the, the the orb drumming functionality we're talking about, where because the loops are predetermined and you're not going in and just trying to create your own at random, like it's not possible that you create a loop that doesn't work. Right. Right. Like, yeah. Which you if you try really hard, you can get especially if they allow the more control they allow you to have on the song, the more you can make it sound not good. <laughs> right. Um, but some songs offer multiple orb selectors. So some tracks you don't get the looper, but instead get three different cubes of orbs and you can mix a guitar, a synth one and a something that's like just chunks of chorus notes or bits of chopped vocals and if you try really hard, you might be able to find combinations that don't work well together. Mm-hmm. But it's you have to really be actually trying to do that. If you're just trying to have fun playing with the notes and, and structure of songs, it sounds great no matter what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think I think it's 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 a, a really, really interesting uh again, title game. I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> Undefined nebulous thing. Um that I just there's just, you know, I mean, and I think this is will just happen again and again and again with VR because of the platform that VR is and and the experience that it offers inherently. But it, I mean, there's just legit nothing like it. Like I've never seen anything. I mean, even Beat Saber, which is also VR, is a, it's a rhythm game still. And I don't mean to diminish Beat Saber at all. We just extolled its its virtues, but it's. It's just totally unique. Uh, right. And I think anyone with a passing interest in making music would think that it was just just has to be super fun. Like, I, I appreciated watching you do it and I appreciated the visualizer. But I'll be completely honest. I was like, man, I just really want to put the headset on. And like, oh, I know. I <laughs> you, wanna, know I mean? you, like, you, should, you definitely need to come over again and play it because it is it is one thing to show. Right. And it's it's cool and it's fun. But it's when you get in and play with it, it's like I really think that. One, there is a skill to it because you can, the more understanding that you have, the better you're going to be at knowing when to swap things. There's some of these little, the more familiar you are with each track will let you know which sets of orbs to switch to because you know inherently what instruments they are. Instead of just loading in the first 30 seconds of every track I load into, I just have to touch everything once because I have to know what it all does and what Mm -hmm. it sounds like and what it's going to be. Then I have to rely on remembering that 10 seconds of touching as I perform. Right. But if you, I I really seriously believe that if you wanted to be a performer, you could probably get your headset airbrushed or do it yourself if you know how to some cool stuff or maybe mod it to add, make it a helmet or something and offer it as a DJ service. Right. Like I sincerely think that you could throw that together, and if you were skilled with it, there's enough tracks and enough variety of music that while you couldn't offer custom tracks to people, not every DJ does. You're probably not going to do wedding DJing with it, but you could throw house parties or other types of events. You know, once we're able to do such a thing again, um, but yeah, I seriously think that you could make money you would have to really push the marketing on it that you're a sci-fi dj (laughs) but i think that with enough skill in it you could make money off of 
grabbing your computer case, taking it over to a place, setting it up, and being a virtual DJ with essentially a light show plugged into it. And I don't know how much DX support they have, but they may. Uh, there's a lot of things that you don't think offer laser, real laser light show support that may actually just be fully integrated. I don't know. Right. So have you ever looked or, or found anyone on Twitch streaming this in the same way that Beat Saber is? I haven't looked. I know there are, there are some. There's a fairly popular video of a uh, popular Beat Saber streamer versus a popular Electronaut streamer. Oh, nice. They, they set it up in kind of a fantasy style way where the Electronaut streamer is sending the notes over and attacking the Beat Saber streamer. It's really well done and really well produced. Unfortunately, it's completely fantasy. I wish that those games were lockstepped into each other in some way because that would be glorious. Um, it would probably produce a lot of terrible troll memes where the Electronauts player just hammers away at notes until the Beat Saber player dies. But it'd right. be really cool if that existed. There are some Electronaut streamers out there. It's just kind of probably harder to stream because the lack of modded content is modded content is kind of what keeps Beat Saber players alive. Mm. One, because you can have the Through the Fires and Flames, Dragon Force, ultimate difficulty tracks that people crush that make me want to cry. And also the VTubers being able to put your own avatar in and things like that. People will support that kind of content more readily. Whereas with Electronauts, you've got the same avatar. Uh, I don't know if they have other avatar support. I don't think they do. But again, I haven't just gotten into the as, to the Twitch streaming with it as much because not being able to get the custom content in there means you are slightly more stuck in what they have. What they have is hugely open. And I think for anyone outside of a serious music producer is probably more than you will need to create content with and therefore very powerful, but past that does have some limitations that Twitch generally, you kind of need some of those limitations lifted to get that real big popularity out of it. So, and you may have already answered this in, in your explanation, but can you can you record the, a track that you did, like a session to play back and hear, like, here's my remix of this Childish Gambino song that I made in Electronauts, and then just play it back, just the audio of it. Is that in... I don't think you can quite to that extent. Now, mm. you can record bits of things, and I wish you had a little bit more control. You can record, like, I think up to uh, 16 notes or something on mm. a loop for, like, the synth pads and whatnot. And you can manipulate. So if you even mess up your recording, you can manipulate where the notes hit exactly and mute and play back those chunks. You can also arrange. You can do arrangements which will say, like, I want the intro to play twice. Then I want it to do this crossfade to the breakdown for four times. And then I want it to, you know, pan fade back to the melody or the groove. And you can arrange an entire track. I think those pieces can be exported and imported. Uh, but as far as all of the other elements... I don't believe you can record a full session and then play it back without some type of external recording program. Right. Because that'd be really cool, too. I mean, obviously, the multiplayer thing you were talking about would be really neat. But I was also just thinking, and I know the companies aren't related, but it'd be cool even if, like, you could record a remix of a song and then import that into Beat Saber somehow and now play your remix, you know what I mean, in Beat Saber. Right. That would um, be amazing. I, I, I haven't... 
to be fair, I've had so much fun in Electronauts just jumping track to track <laughs> and playing with what's in there. And the wild thing is, is like there are several tracks that I then went to go list because I like heard the track in Electronauts and I'd messed with all of the pieces, mm-hmm. but I didn't know how it was supposed to sound. Right. <laughs> and so I had to go listen to like, what is this? Because I like all of these parts. All of these individual pieces are really fun. Yeah. So I went and listened to the original track and have discovered several artists that I'm like, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And now when I listen to the track, I can hear those little notes and those you've got like these like grenades sometimes you could just pick up and throw into the tunnel and they'll explode with like, uh, uh, like a hype man, like, yeah. Or a, a, a certain note that's like a ding or some kind of symbol crash or something that you don't otherwise have access to. And so listening to the actual songs and catching those little grenade shots or those cross faded loopers is like, Really kind of like, hey, I know that part. I've played with that. Right. So I think it's a really fun way to just discover music. If you want 130 songs from various different artists, from rock to indie to plenty of electronica, and you just want to discover music, I think it's a great way to do that as well. Yeah. You may find out, though, that like some of the dubstep songs, your versions are better. (laughs) (laughs) So your mileage may vary as far as who you love and hate when you go listen to the real version. Right, right. Well, that's awesome, man. Well, is there anything else about either Beat Saber or Electronauts that we haven't hit on yet that you wanted to, to mention? No, I, I mean, I guess, I, yes, actually, a little bit. Electronauts is the uh, dream fulfilled mm. of getting to be Daft Punk in Tron. Right. And not, but not like from the outside, but what they must crazily see inside their helmets, like holographic DJ stuff. I've always wanted, like I want the minority report, but instead of all of the like terrible dystopian future sci-fi, I just want that fun touchpad stuff, but mixed with music (laughs) and my like, and being able to control beats in ways that, kind of don't make sense but are fun like you there's a bunch of music videos that do this with the holographic dj trope and they're touching weird things and it's like somehow making music that just is electronauts you get to be the sci-fi holographic dj and it's the most fun thing that i've had and i'm actually so glad it's not a rhythm game there is no game to it makes me that much happier because it is just a creative fun I can jump in for five minutes or an hour and play with tracks in ways that they're not, you know, you get to break the track, but without it sounding bad. So in a way that I could never put back together, did the TV remote as a kid after I took it apart and lost all the pieces because I wanted to know how it worked. (laughs) Um, You could take apart the tracks and put them together in ways that always work. And all the pieces are always there and they never get lost and springs right. never fly across the room. So if you've ever wanted to be a Daft Punk or a holographic DJ or your own music producer, this offers you a way to do that that I think is fun. And I really believe is engaging for if you want to start a business where you're just the guy in the background making music for the party. I think you can do that too and think it's a legitimate business venture. Like I'm not joking. I think you, if you marketed it right, you could probably do it and it would be awesome. I, I, that, that is all 
lovely. Um, and I don't mean <laughs> what I'm getting ready to say to undercut any of that. And it really is. It really it was eloquently said. And I'm I'm a jerk for for this is the thing I stuck to. But I think you may have just stumbled into a new segment we can do, or maybe just a whole new podcast, um, which is Brett's movie reviews uh, or movie synopsis. <laughs> Please explain Minority Report. It's a dystopian future with touchpaddy things. Next, <laughs> next. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry next. that that's, that that stuck, but that was that was excellent. Um, no, the rest of what you said was also very true and and and, and accurate. Um, and like I said earlier, it, you know, part of it I think is just because it's VR and VR is so for me personally at least just mind boggling, uh, mind bogglingly cool. But beyond that, like it, it really is just it's it is nowhere else to be found like that game, you know, why gaming matters. I mean, it matters because you get to feel like the DJ, like you're talking about, and you get to have this creative experience, but beyond that, like it is wholly and completely unique to, to itself. Like there is nothing else that, that, that is it at all. Just playing the intro, like, and it, and it's, again, it's something that can't be done. It could be done outside of VR, but wouldn't be fun because you would have to use a keyboard and mouse. Right. You wouldn't get the holographic DJ stuff. Right. And just the intro makes you without, there's never, is there any really text telling you a story or what's going on, but you're floating on a pad in space. You go through a wormhole there's two ships that instead of weapons have like subwoofers and like instead of laser guns have light show lasers and they swoop past you and fly over and around while this crazy electronic beat plays. And then you just arrive at this space station like you have music fighter jet escorts that bring you into land at this space station like you're there as a superstar to play a DJ set. Right. Like just watching the intro to Electronauts and being in VR, like there was a slight bit of panic because stuff's moving, but I'm on a platform, so I'm not. So my brain said everything's cool. And then it was just like the elation that I felt as like, I'm a superstar DJ coming into a space station escorted by fighter pilots with 40 inch subwoofers on their wings. Like, wow, this is amazing. I'm ready to play whatever this is. (laughs) (laughs) You just can't get that on a screen. You just can't. Yeah, no, I, I a hundred percent agree. Um, yeah, super, super cool game. Well, anything else that you wanted to touch on? No, I, I think that's it. If, if you have VR and you don't have Electronauts, you are missing out just 100%. Yeah. Um, if you have any interest in music whatsoever, now if you don't like music, or um, maybe if you're deaf, then understandably probably not the game for you. But outside of those scenarios, strap that headset on, find a way to to wiggle the controllers at the orbs. It'll sound amazing. You'll do great. Yeah, that's awesome. So that's all for our episode today. If you like this episode, consider buying us a coffee over at our Ko-Fi page, which is ko-fi.com slash P-U-Y-S-Pod. Or just tell a friend about us, because that really does make a difference. All of the links and our social accounts are available in the show notes, and if you want to hear more from either of us on topics outside of gaming, Walker's podcast The Walk Show talks about the walk of life while interviewing various guests, and my podcast Dungeons & Dinners is where the love of fantasy is food for thought. 